You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live. Today is the fifth episode of season four, and today we are talking about not a sequel, but a remake. Today we're going to talk about A Man Called Otto, which is the American remake of A Man Called Ove, a Swedish movie from 2015. Uh, the new one, A Man Called Otto, starring Tom, Tom Hanks. Uh, this is a pretty short episode. And um, I will say we were both pretty pleasantly surprised. Uh, there is a spoiler warning a little over a half an hour in. Um, it's actually pretty close to the end. This is, like I said, a very short episode. Uh, not a heck of a lot to spoil in this movie, but, um, you know, if you are worried about spoilers, there is a spoiler warning. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this song is shortlisted for the Academy Award for Best Original Song, and you are going to hear that song now. Sun through the shadows Light through the door Voice like an echo I can't hear anymore so I follow your steps While the love that you left Is burned in my heart With dreams in my mind Of the next time that I Have you in my arms Cause I will tell You the whole truth That there's no color There's so much I want you to know Guess I'll wait till you're home mm-hmm. You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And Pierre, this is an interesting one. This is now our fifth episode of the, of the season. Uh, I think it's technically our third of the year. Um, but... What I like about this, what I think is really funny about this is of the five episodes we've done, uh, four of them have been devoted to specific movies because there was one that was like a year in review wrap up. But of those four movies, not a single one of them has been original. Every single one of them has been a, a sequel up until this point. And today we're going to be talking about the movie A Man Called Otto, which is a remake. So we haven't quite made it to an original movie yet. We'll get there. I, Eventually. I think so. We have we had some ideas for future movies, <clears throat> and like I don't know. There's I, I I should have probably said this off off uh, off air instead, but um, I, I won't elaborate on it because I think you'll understand what I'm referencing. There is a uh, very one idea that I have for an upcoming episode involves the movie Monster Trucks. And I really hope we get the the chance to talk about that, which would be an original movie. And it would be very funny if that was our first original movie of the year. Monster, like the 2015 film? The, the one where the trucks are monsters. Are literal monsters? 
that's yeah, so I'm, that's so weird that we were just talking about my friend Dario. That's actually like one of his favorite movies, like ever. That's so so that's why I said <laughs> I should have talked about this off air because that's specifically oh, what I was sorry. referencing. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's what he'll bring up. We'll see. Anyways, Brian, cut that out. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're talking about a man called Otto, which is a movie that is based on a movie based on a book and uh i mean well what 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 was the original book called man called what a man called see i always say see it as a man called ove and i like to pronounce it that way but i have a feeling it's probably actually pronounced over yeah i feel like that makes more sense anyway it's a it's a swedish book about a a man Mm. who is called over but in this version, he's called Otto, because Ova isn't a name that we have in America, and so you know people would get confused. Yeah, I guess I guess they couldn't make him a, a an immigrant because it would it would be kind of disingenuous to the character. I guess so. It well, makes sense also, they they would rename him and Americanize him. Say, also, like. In in the in the spirit of adapting something, you don't need to you know, if you're adapting something and the thing is originally from Sweden, your character doesn't have to be Swedish if you're adapting it for America. Like I don't I haven't seen the original, so I can't comment mm-hmm. too much on that. But based on this movie, I would imagine that a good a good portion of the original involves like is I, I would imagine it's probably important to the character of Ova that he is an old Swedish man from Sweden. And so making Tom Hanks uh Otto an old American man from America makes sense. Yeah. Though I would think it would be funny to see Tom Hanks do a Swedish accent for, for an hour and a half. That'd Have be you seen the enjoyable. terminal? It's not a Swedish accent. No, I haven't. It's I mean he does an hour he does an accent for an hour and a half. Oh wow. I've heard of that movie a lot, but yeah, I need to watch it. Uh, I was just thinking, our friend Dakota over on ContraZoom, he's sort of like publicly mused about the idea of doing a, of doing a series of episodes on all of Spielberg's movies. We should beat him to the punch. We should do those and do like all of the Spielberg movies before he gets a chance. That would be quite enjoyable. I mean, that'd also be like what? 60, 60 weeks of straight Spielberg, I think. Right? I mean, like, I don't know I how think, many movies he has. Uh, I think he's got a little more than 30. Like, I think he's at, like, 32 or 33. But, like, oh. I think I think if we did something like that, we would have to figure out a slightly different format than, like, losing it over Leo or, uh, or kicking it with Kendrick. Like, I don't know if I want to talk about... I mean, the thing is, Spielberg movies are meaty enough that you can talk about just one Spielberg movie at a time. But, yeah. like, there's also 30 of them. So, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, speaking of directors, this uh, this is directed by Mark Forster, who I recognize the name, but we just looked him up. And he has probably the most interesting, or one of the most interesting filmographies I wouldn't say in terms of quality, but just in terms of sheer variance, I guess. I think interesting is definitely the operative word here because, well, (laughs) the thing is too, is like, it's not like all of these movies are bad, but a lot of the movies that he's, 
I think the majority of the movies that I've seen here, the majority of the movies that he's made that are like high profile movies have gotten a pretty lukewarm critical reception at best, but all of mm-hmm. them for different reasons, which is yeah, super I, strange. From these movies I've either seen or heard of, like, I don't think any of them were straight up bad or good. They're just like very middle of the ground um, movies. Like I, <clears throat> I know Jeff hasn't seen it, but I watched uh, his last movie was Christopher Robin, which was the Winnie the Pooh live action remake. <laughs> Sounds so weird to say out loud. <laughs> um, and that was a movie that I think had some very sweet moments, but a very, I would say, derivative plot. And I, I like. And, like, there was something there, but it doesn't really, like, pop out to me, if that makes sense. And I kind of say the mm-hmm. same about A Man Called Otto, oddly enough. I was about uh, to ask I haven't about seen... that. Yeah, and then I I would kind of say the same for Stranger Than Fiction. It's a movie, there was a very interesting movie that had some very interesting, like, high points. But overall, I wouldn't say it was, like, a, a hugely ambitious movie. I think Stranger Than Fiction is ambitious in concept much more than in execution because like i feel like at about the halfway point of that movie it just kind of stops being interesting like the idea of the whole movie is really cool it's a guy it's a guy who discovers that he is a character in a novel but he also lives in the real world so he like has to try and stop himself from dying at the end of the novel it's a very interesting concept and then about halfway through, he just sort of accepts it. And the le- and the rest of the movie is very sad until at the end, he doesn't end up dying, which is probably a huge spoiler. But like, who cares? <laughs> it's almost 20 years it's, old. It's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really remember much about it, honestly. But uh, it, it felt like a, I, from what I remember, what I felt is that it was a movie that that had a a very interesting concept, but it didn't feel like it had the, the talent to back it up um, and really land the concept, if that makes sense. It was like, it relied largely on that concept. And once that was and, kind of like, re- unveiled, then the movie didn't really have much to stand on. Yeah, and I remember that was from when when Will Ferrell was, I don't know that Will Ferrell has like really had a big turn as a dramatic actor, the way that someone like um, uh, Steve Carell has. But it was when he was a very hot ticket item, mostly in comedy movies, but trying to break into dramatic roles. And so, like, Stranger Than Fiction was one of his better earlier dramatic roles, especially in terms of him. But he was brought down a lot by the fact that the movie was like, I mean, I'm just sort of saying this based on, well, I'm just sort of saying this sort of to build off of your point of it felt like the talent wasn't quite there. And like, even though I think Will Ferrell was fine in the role, it's like he was still kind of an unproven dramatic actor and he feels like he's still sort of contributing to that talent, not quite being there a bit too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Whenever I think of this movie, because I, I think it, a lot of ways it's very similar in like tone and in some ways concept to uh What's the movie with Jim Carrey? The, the serious one he did. Uh, the number 23? Ah, so the Truman Show. The Truman Show. Oh, The Truman Show. Yeah. Yeah. They feel very simple. You know, it's like a guy who realizes he's part of 
his life is being controlled and it's kind of comedic, but it has like a very dark undertone, I guess. I don't know. So this felt yeah, like, I, I, I don't want to throw Mark Forster under the bus, but I think like Jim Carrey had a lot of dramatic roles later in his career. Um, I feel like Mark Forster kind of killed that, that idea for uh, Will Ferrell. I think like one of the things with the Truman Show, as well, especially with Jim Carrey's dramatic roles, because you've got the Truman Show, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, um, probably other ones I'm forgetting. I guess the number 23, but I don't really want to count that in his great dramatic roles. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey, the movies that he's done where he's been really good in a dramatic role also play to his comedy strengths really well. Like, they don't mm-hmm. make him a comedic character, but, like, Truman in The Truman Show gets a lot of funny moments that, like, mm-hmm. specifically work because Jim Carrey brings it to those moments. His uh, Man, Man on the Moon, the Andy Kaufman biopic, same thing, and uh, really with Eternal Sunshine, but, like, Charlie Kaufman is very good. At, I don't know if Charlie Kaufman wrote that specifically for Jim Carrey, but he's very good at, like, mixing sort of satire and dark comedy with I guess technically drama most of his movies are Mm -hmm. actually more comedies but like they're just not funny the same way laugh out loud comedies are like yeah it's kind of like thinking of ending things is not funny but that that was definitely not funny (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so um but yeah I think uh I think a man called auto was like a very it felt very much kind of like I don't know if this is a new direction uh, Mark Forster is taking, if he has the direction, but it felt very similar to Christopher Robin, where um, it's just like a very stripped back, laid back, feel good story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a very ambitious movie, but it doesn't really feel like it needs to be, you know, which I think was good. Like it kind of stick, he's kind of sticking to his strengths in this. And I think that, um, <laughs> I, I also noticed that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, who, if I'm not mistaken, is Tom Hanks' wife, uh, they are, let me just see. Yeah, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. So Tom Hanks and his wife are, are producers on this movie as well, which I think definitely helps because I think that this movie is, personally, I think A Man Called Otto is carried quite a bit on Tom Hanks' performance. And... Uh, a little mm-hmm. bit on his son's performance, his, his the the secret third Hanks. There's a secret. What really? Well, I mean, his son is in this, right? Playing also Ooh. the same character. Oh, that's his son. Oh yeah. My God, that's crazy. Um. Wow, I'm actually kind of shocked. Uh, that's cool. Wait, who? Like, like Otto as a child, right? Or when he was well, younger? Yeah. Not a child, young sorry, Otto like Anderson a, a young is, adult. Yeah. Young Otto Anderson is Truman Hanks, who is his son. Oh, Truman. Okay, I see it now. Sorry, I was I was looking at the Wikipedia page, and I was like, they don't... Cause it, yeah, I it say, was just the younger one. I say secret third Hanks, because I feel like the, the, fa- the two famous Hanks sons are Colin... I think Colin Hanks <clears> and... Um, Chet Hanks, who are famous for very different reasons, but yeah. uh, n- n- neither of them is Truman. Yeah, that's true. I I'm actually surprised that that's really cool. 
Um, but yeah, do you, do you want to tell us a bit about what A Man Called Otto is about? So A Man Called Otto is about a very grumpy man who has neighbors move in who are not very grumpy, but, you know, have to deal with the fact that he is a very grumpy man. And like, at its core, a lot of A Man Called Otto is just about how he's grumpy, why he's grumpy, and how that affects the people around him. Um, but I guess more, uh, you know, a little deeper than that, uh, Otto is a man with uh, suicidal depression, uh, dealing with the fact that his uh, wife has just died. And over the course of this movie, um, over the course of this movie, he's sort of learning to come back into partially learning to come back into the world through, you know, interacting with his new neighbors who sort of bring him out of his shell a little bit. While also uh, a lot of the movie is focusing on how he ended up where he is, what his relationship is to his other neighbors. And, you know, it a, a big part of the movie is Otto's relationship with his, wife who has now passed and like that's almost i would say that's the second biggest plot in this movie that's the b plot is him and his wife's entire relationship which is built up in flashbacks mm-hmm. um yeah and like i think there's a i mean it's it's an almost two hour movie there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things that happen but i think that the broad strokes are pretty much that it's um on its surface, it's it it seems like he's a grumpy man, and he meets people that make him not so grumpy, and he his heart grows three sizes that day, and like <laughs> to some degree, that is just what the movie is. Yeah, I it's a very straightforward movie. Um, it's very, I'd say, corny. Yeah, and it feels. I'm not gonna lie, it felt very derivative of the first five minutes of up um because it's essentially the same character the same plot i mean obviously this is i guess this is based on a book mm-hmm. um and a, another film but it's literally like like it's an old guy who's grumpy his wife died literally his wife died and also there was the whole plot of they had they were gonna have a child but they didn't um because of a well i guess in this case it wasn't a miscarriage it was um something else but they lost they lost a a baby during pregnancy i mean Um, it it was a miscarriage it just didn't make it all the way to yeah that that was that was a miscarriage it was oh i mean i think i I didn't really know how to how to uh frame it but um yeah i guess it was a miscarriage um and uh it it just this movie just kind of feels like I mean, it's almost kind of what I wanted Up to be, honestly, because I think um, Up had a very, I haven't seen Up for years, so I'm not going to lie. My my knowledge of it might be grossly out of tune, but I feel like once Up got into the wildly fantastical things of dogs flying around in airplanes, it really lost that emotional element um, that I, the first five minutes planned out. Um, sorry. I don't... Ahead. I don't fully agree uh, because okay. <clears throat> I think Up Up manages to hit a lot of different themes. And mm. uh, while I definitely think that the first five minutes of Up would 
themselves expanded make a very, very good movie. The rest of the movie hits completely different themes that I think are also done really, really. I I really like Up. I haven't. I also haven't seen it in a while, but like, mm-hmm. um, the the fantastical elements, the fantastic. It's easy to remember the fantastical elements as the biggest parts of that movie, but they are very yeah. much in service of a really hard a, a message that I personally found to hit really hard. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I I'll have to rewatch it then. Um, but yeah, but I I think uh, but yeah, this I'd say Auto A Man Called Auto is basically almost that, but like that the first five minutes of Up expanded. Um, yeah. I think I think unfortunately, like the it having it expanded like really affected. Like there was so many things I didn't really need to know about in A Man Called Auto that were shown which could have been told um, like there's a whole back, a big part of the movie is the backstory about his wife and what happened mm-hmm. um, in their life and stuff. Right. And there's a lot of flashbacks and I don't, I personally didn't really, I like the flashbacks when there's a few scenes where he's suicidal and he's thinking back to his life. And I thought those were kind of effective. Um, I thought the random like five minute scenes of Truman Hanks and Whoever is playing his uh, his wife Sonia Sonia in the in the movie, uh, they didn't really work very well in my opinion. I thought they were uh, very like I, I don't think Truman Hanks can act. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that's I think that's part of the character, but he can't he can't really act. Uh, yeah, and I think actually honestly, any time uh, it went to the past, it, it didn't really work very well because I think what you said earlier is that Tom Hanks was so integral to making this movie interesting the whole way through because he's just an amazing actor. And he actually had a very good supporting cast in the present day. I loved all the, all the side characters too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like if they kept it, they kept it a little tighter. It could have been a lot better. Um, there's a lot of just thrown in like ne- unnecessary, like sob stories. And if that makes sense. I think like, the flashbacks, I don't, I actually don't mean this in a bad way. The flashbacks feel very manipulative. And like, no, but, but I mean, as a friend of mine said on, on his review, like, consider me manipulated. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, what I definitely think about the flashbacks too is I personally loved the flashbacks themselves, like in concept and mostly in execution but I like the present cast more. Like I like, I like the past. Uh, I like the concept of the past and the flashbacks more, but I like the present cast more, which led me to this really weird experience in the theater where I was like, I always wanted to see the flashbacks, but I also never wanted to not see Tom Hanks. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like you, if you had to pick, you would pick Tom Hanks. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And that so makes sense. when they get into the flashbacks <laughs> close enough to the present day that there is Tom Hanks in the flashbacks, that was a good compromise, but that took a while. Yeah. I, I feel like if the actors were better and they had better chemistry um, in the flashbacks, it might've actually helped the movie a lot more. So I, I guess, I guess I shouldn't say that flashbacks were a bad decision. I just think they were done poorly. Um, 
because yeah, I, I think it, you needed some kind of sense of the relationship with him and his wife before, but this felt like one of those things where because they didn't do it well enough before, it might've just been better to leave it to your imagination um, and let Tom Hanks kind of show, show how much he loved her through his emotions rather than through flashbacks. Um, especially, I think the biggest problem I had with the movie was when he reveals uh, how they lost their child to um, to their new neighbor. And again, that's like a huge plot point where he's kind of, this is when he's starting to actually talk about his past and stuff. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, right before that, we get a flashback of what, what did happen. And it's a scene. And um, it's a very sad scene, but I just think it, it takes so much out of the the emotion of Tom Hanks's uh, reveal of that because I think he just with his words he did it a lot better, but you don't feel it as much because the audience is already in on what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. So like pacing wise and emotion wise, I didn't, I didn't think that really worked. But uh, yeah, sorry, I, I feel like I'm, I'm trashing on this movie. I actually really like this movie. I I. I don't know if I was having an emotional day, but I actually like teared up and uh, there's so many individual moments I teared up in. I think it's like the most I've ever had in like any movie theater experience, if that makes sense. Like I never, I didn't sob. Like sometimes I'll sob in a movie if it's like really sad. Um, This one I never sobbed, but like there was like a lot of very touching moments throughout it that I, that really affected me, I guess. There's a scene in the flashbacks. The flashbacks are the corniest part, but there's a scene in one of the flashbacks uh, where his his future wife, um, what was her name again? I keep wanting to call her Rita because that's Tom Hanks' actual wife's name, Sonia. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, where, where Sonia like catches Otto uh, getting like something very small and not eating at a dinner they go to. And she's like, what's going on? Do you not have an appetite? And he's like, no, I ate, I already ate because I wanted to, I wanted you to be able to get whatever you wanted, which like is such a corny line. But also I was like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's so sweet. Yeah. I, I, I still thought it was kind of corny. But I get oh, what you mean. There, sure. was, there was a lot of very, very, I didn't like that one particularly, but there was a lot of very corny moments that that shouldn't have worked but the movie still like goes to and it actually does work mm-hmm. it's weird i don't I, I couldn't explain how i think a big part of it is tom hanks and, and the supporting cast obviously but yeah maybe like for me the biggest the biggest example of why the flashbacks were really good in concept but maybe didn't quite fail <laughs> in or didn't quite succeed in execution is there's a scene um the first time they meet uh Sonya gives Otto uh a quarter and it happens to be like an old quarter that's all silver and the emotional punch of that scene comes later when Tom Hanks beats <laughs> up a clown and like <laughs> That really, really works once you have the concept of the flashback. It takes it from Tom Hanks beats up a clown, ha ha ha, to an actually really emotional scene. But so like that flashback is important. I don't think the flashback itself nails it. It's just because it's actually Tom Hanks delivering, like doing like all the work of the flashback, but you need that flashback to happen. 
Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah kind of. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, but like what you said, the, with the supporting cast and the present, I think they had such a, everyone was just like, I wouldn't say the acting was amazing, but they were all just, they seemed such, like such positive people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case, one of them that really surprised, have you seen Man, Mindhunter? Uh, I have not, no. Not, oh, there was this guy, the guy who plays the really positive guy, um, who does like those step exercises every day in the morning. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, he plays in Mindhunter. He plays this like seven foot tall serial killer <laughs> named Ed Kemper, and he's probably the most ter- like one of the most terrifying villains I've like seen in my life. Um, and in this movie, it was like a complete one eighty, where he's like the sweetest, most like pleasant guy I I have ever like witnessed and still enjoyed in a movie. Um, it kind of felt like. A, I mean, we're throwing back to a different episode. But this felt like the dog and puss in boots if they did it well. I don't know how to say it, but like, I like this. No, guy. I see exactly what you're saying. Like, it felt like a very the the motivation for how to write the character was the same, but they just did it better here, and it was really well acted. And he was such a goofy, like comical, cartoonish guy, but I, I thought they played it really well. The 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 new family across the street. Um, I wouldn't say like the mom or dad like i wouldn't say they were great actors but i don't know they just felt like really good people like mm-hmm. just looking at them like the dad even the dad like the i the dad uh he didn't really have much to do in the movie he didn't have much screen time or whatever but he's just such a chill positive guy uh that even him with like his limited screen time i really liked mm-hmm. like yeah yeah i mean Oh, uh, did you notice Mike Birbiglia in this movie? I'm just like, I, I, I like know and pay attention to Mike Birbiglia, but I never know if anyone else does. <laughs> I don't, I know that name. I need to remember. He, what he, he was the like. guy, he was the real estate agent in the car. And like, just you talking about uh, Cameron Britton, the guy who plays Jimmy, the super positive, like step guy. Um, Mike Birbiglia his entire he's a comedian and his entire comedy act is that he is a very pleasant dude like it works on stage i swear but like he's yeah. he's um he's probably like the funniest mostly clean comic i know uh mm-hmm. and like that's his whole shtick is he's very soft spoken he's very clean he's like a pleasant guy and in this he sucked so much he was like <laughs> evil in this movie, which is so strange to see from Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, I I remember his character. His character was just so cartoonishly like an asshole. Like, yeah, I don't know why. I'm sorry, but like my first, like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna lie. This movie is extremely, uh, how do I say this? It's extremely demographed towards old people. And yes, I feel like Mark, Mike Birbiglia er, was like the stereotypical guy that an old person would hate. Like they they have put all the things an old person would hate about someone, like really loud hip hop music, which I'm, I mean, I don't want to like put him into it. Like, I don't want to stereotype him, but I, I'm, I was surprised this like 40 year old real estate agent was listening to really loud hip hop music in his car. <laughs> Like trap, like not like not even old school hip hop music. Like it was like modern day trap music. It sounded like um, it's 
it's but they the added that. that it's the thing that my Sorry. mom might think of as gangster rap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so there was that, and he was like, he had a, he had like an Audi, which was, I guess, Tom Hanks would hate that kind of car. I think it was an Audi. Um, and for some reason, he's like driving on the sidewalk, which is like, who does that? But it seems like an old person thing to hate because of the grasps. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like no one, like no one. This doesn't feel like a real person, and like the weirdest way possible. He's like the least realistic, realistic person yeah. I've seen in a movie, right? Because um, he wasn't like cartoonishly evil, but he just had all the weird stereotypes that an old person would hate. And mm. uh, yeah, no, and he was he was form, actually Tom Hanks playing an old person hated him a lot. Hated him, yeah. I mean, I hated him. He wasn't he was an annoying guy. Yeah, I, they put yeah. me in the perspective, and it's the same thing in that. There's that scene where. Um, someone falls in front of a train and Tom Hanks has to save them. And literally all the young people are on their phones filming it. And I, was... I've never been in that situation. So I don't know if young people like would actually pull out their phone and I'm sure someone would, but I, I don't think no one would like literally everyone would just stand there and watch the guy. Um, I, I understood what felt that like what scene an old was person... going for, but yeah. like, that's a very fake scene. I it was like, no, nope, yeah. this is this is not correct. Someone would try to help. Yeah, but it, it felt like something an old person would write in a movie. <laughs> like, yeah, like because Tom Hanks literally is like, "Why are you filming him? Put your phones down." <laughs> then he goes to save him. <laughs> and yeah, so there's stuff like that that, uh, you know, it's like it, it really like is not like uh it doesn't really make any sense and it, it's it seems kind of like mean-spirited in a way but it's such a fun movie that like i don't really care like uh i can i can side with the boomer jokes i guess i mean uh, it's a for this one it's the kind of movie that like it's clearly not intended for for us which i guess at this point is a 30 and younger audience but like yeah. It's it's okay. I understand I'm not the target demographic for it. And I don't exactly feel offended by anything in the movie. So it's like, I, I can go with it, whatever. Yeah. This is the social media. Is that a thing? I've never heard of a social media journalist. Like, I'm sure they're I, a thing, but. The people that I can think of that might, that might like be considered <clears throat> social media journalists would never describe themselves that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like the, those are, those are things I wouldn't say they're bad things. I think they're just kind of cute little quirks that the movie, uh, is obviously like, um, aiming for a certain demographic. The writers um, are not it, hiding the fact their age and like, they don't have yeah. to. <clears throat> yeah. Um, another good thing. I think the movie was extremely, this, despite the fact that there wasn't really any I didn't feel like there was any real plot line in the movie. I thought it had really good pacing. Um, and it kind of gave me the illusion of a plot line without actually having one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of fun. I don't know. I laughed a lot. Yeah. I, I think it, um, I think the movie was very effective at what it was trying to do. Like it, um, I, I really liked it. I thought that Tom Hanks' depiction of Otto... Tom Hanks' depiction of Otto was the only part that had to be 
if not necessarily authentic since or like if not necessarily realistic at least sincere and i thought that it was so i thought that mm-hmm. worked really well and like you know it's the youngest thing i can say about this movie is that it's a mom movie but i liked it yeah my my audience was pa- i was surprised how packed this Same. movie was for me. It was a very full, I had to sit, I came late, but I had to sit in the very front and I went to like a local theater and it's not usually, I don't think I've ever been at a movie at that theater that had more than like 20 people. This was like completely packed. I was, I was very surprised. So I think that's good. When I went to see <clears> it, it was only playing in a VIP theater, but that VIP theater was packed. Yeah. So it's a, I don't know, a good omen. For the movie yeah and i mean it is uh shortlisted for an academy award so it might uh it might show up at the oscars i don't i don't i, I mean i wouldn't mind tom hanks being nominated for best actor because again this this was him like the movie yeah was all him sorry i shouldn't say all yeah. him, but it was it was very much carried by him um, very much so so i would i would not mind seeing him nominated for like a best actor or something for for uh, context, it is shortlisted for song, but they don't they don't uh, they don't release shortlists for well they don't release shortlists oh, okay. for actor right so yeah yeah that's fair um but yeah I don't do you, do you have any other thoughts not really I mean like I think that <clears throat> what I I guess what I'm gonna say is like when I went into this movie. You know, I had seen the trailer, and the trailer was for a feel-good, low-stakes movie, and I essentially got that, although I would say it was darker than the trailer let on. Not by much, just that the trailer doesn't talk about suicide, and the movie is about suicide. Yeah, it was a surprisingly dark movie at certain points. Like, I, it happened- like, literally the first five minutes. Wait, I was the very... first scene is him buying himself rope to hang himself. The yeah. second oh, scene is him hanging himself. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Wow. Yeah, it's it's um, quick. Yeah. Wait, okay, can we can we do a quick spoiler thing? I have one question I want to ask you. All right, spoiler warning right here. If you haven't <clears> seen <throat> a man called Otto or a man called Ove, uh, close your ears. Put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 for the next five minutes or so, and then we'll talk, and and Perfect. that's the spoiler part. Okay, how did you how did you feel about him dying at the end? I was very surprised they did that, honestly. I I wasn't. I was like, okay, so he's gonna have a happy ending, and then they're gonna go until he dies. I was actually a little bit surprised that he got to die just of natural causes, or not of natural causes, like. <clears throat> That he got to die of natural causes after living a few more years after that. Because what I was a little worried about was that he was going to save, he was basically going to save the neighborhood. And then as a quote unquote reward, uh, his, his too large heart was going to kill him because he has a heart attack and that heart attack doesn't kill him. But I was like, now that he's accomplished everything he wants to do, they're going to kill him with the heart attack so that he still gets to die, but he didn't have to do it himself, which I was not going to like very much. But then they did, yeah. but then they didn't do that. So yeah, that's what I, I thought mean, they, was going to happen. They kind of did, but they did it later, I guess. Well, he did die, but he died oh, because wasn't a he heart was attack. an old man. 
Well, he might have died oh, of a okay. heart attack, but it was a while later. Like he didn't die. Yeah, immediately. yeah. Okay, I don't. This, I guess this isn't a spoiler. But one last thing, as I love the whole. I don't know much about cars, but I love the whole. He hated his friend because his friend bought a Toyota, and it literally killed their friendship. I thought, I thought that, that was, was really actually funny. hilarious. Because <laughs> they came like, from. Because there's a huge, huge uh, backstory for the wife, right? But then, so you're trying to figure out what happened with his friend. You're assuming it was also very bad, but yeah. <laughs> no, he just didn't like him because he decided that if he's going to buy a Toyota, that means he's not a man of principle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I thought that was a that was a really funny twist. I like. It took me a bit to be like. To, to really get it because like i understood what was going on but i was like is that it that's really no there's gotta be more but there actually just wasn't that's literally it what was he he called he kept calling it the coup right was that like a yeah a coupe toy like a toyota coupe is that a model of car or something i i don't think so maybe but okay. like i thought there I, was a pun I, there i'm not sure I didn't think it was a pun, but you, now that you bring that up, I'm second guessing myself for sure. Okay, there, there. It was a coupe. Okay, two door so car. That's why a coupe is a two door car, apparently, like a sporty two door car. So, yeah, I, when he, he okay. kept calling it, he was there was a there was a coupe. I thought it was he was. I, I mean, at, at the movie it was probably leaning towards it, like he was overthrown from the homeowners association because of that because of his friend. <laughs> That's actually a really smart joke now that I realize that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now that you point that out, I like that a lot more. Yeah. this brings That brings the movie up a whole point for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what, what would you rate and this movie? Oh, I sorry. I think I'd give it like... Oh, no. I was I was going to just ask <clears> you the same thing. So I'll just push that back a little bit. I think I'm, I would mm-hmm. give it like a pretty solid six. Like, I don't think it's anything outstanding, but I did really enjoy my time in it and like... I would probably watch this again. I it, it definitely made me interested to watch the original and then like maybe watch this one again to like compare them. Mm, yeah, I, I think I I actually give it. I was surprised. I give it an eight. I think. Oh, nice. Um, All right. Yeah, it's a very pleasant movie. I wouldn't. I don't think. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Like maybe if I'm with like my grandma or something, <laughs> or my mom maybe might watch this movie, but. Uh, it's it's like a very easy watch. It's an enjoyable experience. I and even so, like I didn't mind going to the theater for it too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely went um, into it thinking I was gonna dread it because it was gonna be like like I'm always hoping that a movie is gonna be good when I go to see it, but I wasn't really expecting this one to be anything, and I was very 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 pleasant pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So I feel like more movies should. More movies should advertise themselves in like very stereotypical ways, just so that they can pop out a little more. I don't know. I gotta say, this, this might movie be... can't. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, the tra- the trailer was like the most generic trailer I've seen in years, um, and I was expecting a very generic movie, which I kind of got, but you know, I was still pleasantly surprised, like you said. I think um, this might possibly. <laughs> be a tiny bit of a spoiler for a movie we talk about soon. I don't want to give it away, uh, but I have been very, very... I've been, like, very pleased with um, January movies this year so far. Like, there's been a lot of movies that come out in January this year, and historically, I don't even know if this is true, 
But historically, there's this um, there's this stereotype of movies that come out in January or movies that are prominent in January that just what that they're just not very good because it's kind of a dumping ground. Like anything that's not out by Christmas is coming out at the wrong time. Clear, like it's it's coming out at a time when a studio doesn't really care because they're just sort of dumping it in. And yeah. uh, I'm starting to think that that stereotype is actually is I'm starting to think that filmmakers might be using that stereotype to release movies that the studios don't necessarily think have any chance, but are actually like super interesting little experiments and, Mm -hmm. and like work out really well, despite Mm -hmm. being in January. So like, I'm I'm starting to really appreciate January movies. I don't know the best way to say that because I'm saying it off the cuff, but I've been thinking it for a while. And like, I think, I think, I think it's time to rethink the January movies are bad stereotype or maybe not because maybe the fact that that stereotype exists is why January movies aren't in fact bad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. February, I feel like February used to have that, that stigma until I think Deadpool broke that. Um, Because Deadpool was dumped into February. Well, I think that's the thing though is like, I don't, I don't know if Valentine's day is usually a, a, mo- a good movie day you'll get a lot of shittier rom-coms i guess but um, it's it's like a for an action for a big yeah. blockbuster i'd say it was definitely a, a dumping ground for that but mm-hmm. um yeah maybe january is the new summer who knows <laughs> well i don't know if i'd go that far but maybe. <laughs> uh cool anyway so, what's our last word pierre coop <laughs>